So I want to, today we are finishing up our habit series. Um, we continue our habit series, but I want you to think, have you anyone ever played with dominoes before? Not the game dominoes, but actually setting up something where they knock each other down. And so sometimes you'll do that at home and use up all your dominoes and maybe um, set them up and go over obstacles and different things like that. Um, but I was trying to find a video on YouTube of, of some of these really great designs. The problem was a lot of these go on for like five to ten minutes and I went, wow, like that's... But I was actually watching one this morning and it actually had the biggest domino fail. And what they meant by that was this guy actually had been building a pyramid which was multi-layered and had gone up and it got to a point, I think it was working with another guy and someone knocked one over and so about three or four days in it all came down. Second attempt got a little bit higher and all, but also came down and basically one guy just putting a piece on it just came down in front of him. But then the third attempt, it basically was going for seven days. He had been working meticulously at it to build this pyramid of multi-layered, multi-coloured and basically right at the end just all fell down. It was probably 92% complete, I think they said. And I'm not sure if he's ever tried it again, but they didn't show that video. But the thing is, when it comes to things like dominoes, to build these great displays, it happens like when you watch them, they disappear. They can be really awesome. You watch them and they all fall down like they're meant to and maybe they leave a picture or something like that. And you know, How do they do that? But to get that to happen, it, there, there is an enormous amount of work. Sometimes you have teams of people working on it. But the reality of these, this, forget the end goal, it is one domino going down after another domino after another domino. There's no easy way of doing it. You can't put 10, 10 dominoes down at a time. You can't shortcut any way. There is a necessity of taking a single step all the time to see it get to the end goal. And today we're going to be talking about that as we look at developing holy habits in our life is because we're going to be talking about taking small steps. See, the problem is with a lot of times with our goals, we kind of, we, or we want to be at the end of it. We want to sort of see the achievement. And sometimes we can even take a lot of steps towards that goal. Um, has anyone ever been pursuing a goal and they're going, oh, we got so far, but just not far enough and you feel like giving up? We've talked about that during this series. But today, like, we want to talk about the, how small steps consistently will actually develop that habit in your life, which will achieve what you want to achieve. Um, now, just like dominoes, making and breaking habits consists of untold um, a number of daily doable steps. Now, do you hear that? Doable steps. A lot of times, the things we are trying to achieve, it's actually built up with doable steps. There might just be a lot of them. And that becomes the problem. But the thing is, we need to start somewhere. And see, small disciplines done consistently will lead to big results over time. And so the thing that I want to look at first, and Denny read in this passage, um, is that small steps need a solid foundation. So and we've been talking about this and, and actually starting with this idea of having a healthy identity and, and asking for help and, and um, sort of be kind to yourself. And then we looked at the idea of um, um, investigating and change. If you want to sort of make changes in your life, you've, you've got to be honest with yourself and actually look at your life and then make the change. You can't just go, I'm hoping for the best. 
And I think some of us as Christians, we, we come into church and we, we want to be better. We want God just to zap us one day and we're all improved. And I think God does do miraculous things at times. But I think majority of the time, God wants us to cooperate with the Holy Spirit's process in our life. He wants us to be a part of that process in agreeing with what God wants to do in us. And so sometimes we kind of want God to do all the work and us to sit back in our comfy chair. And, and that's not going to sort of happen too often. So don't walk on that. But in looking at this, we've actually got to get to a point where we are building on the right foundation. That we have the, the things locked into place in our life. In Psalm 118.22, the stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. The keystone, the stone that actually holds all things together. And, and that becomes important for us because if you are taking a lot of little steps in the wrong direction, you're going to get to the wrong destination. If you are trying to have a habit in your life for the wrong reason um, or you're trying to do something which is not going to achieve the goal, goal that God wants in your life, it's not a good habit to develop. Um, and, and again, and that's the thing, we can be doing something very similar but for two different reasons and that goes back to our idea of, of having that healthy identity, doing the things that God wants us to do so that we can be shaped how God wants to shape us. Matthew 7, 24 also picks up this idea. It says, Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it, follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. And though the rain comes in torrents and floodwaters rise and the winds beat against the house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and does not obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rain and floods come and the winds beat against the house, it will collapse with a mighty um, crash. You see here, the, the habits that they were developing here were very similar. They were both trying to build a house. And if you're building a house like them, there is probably a set routine that you will come to. You'll build this and then you'll build this and then make sure you put the roof on last. Don't start with the roof. It's not a good way to start. Um, and you'll see everything sort of comes in a, in a set routine. And so the two builders here have followed the same habit. They've actually followed the same habit because they have started on the wrong foundation. At the end, when they wanted to stand up against the storms that come their way, one falls down, one stands true. And so that's the same as with habits in our life. If we, we might be doing the same habit in our life but on the, a bad foundation and when struggles and trials come our way, all of a sudden the habit will fall away even though we want it to be there. And see, part of this then when we start looking at habits is we actually start looking at this idea of foundational habits or going back to the, that passage that Danny read for us, this idea of keystone habits. Habits that lock our other habits into place. They provide support and momentum for other habits in our life. Now, keystone habits, we, sometimes we probably don't think about them that much, but they actually influence, I suppose, the ones that we want to see happening. So we've been talking a little bit about deve developing a, 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 a good Bible reading habit or a, a good sort of um, prayer habit or a good sort of habit of, of being at church or a good habit of showing up on time for work or, or exercise. Now, those are the habits you want to develop, but the keystone habits actually underline them. And so, again, there are some 
great practicality. And again, God actually encourages a number of these habits in our life. Things like rest. Good rest actually influences a lot of other habits. So if you sort of rest well, the next day when you get up, you are ready for work. You are ready to spend time with your family. You're ready to put up with rubbish at work so you can actually be more gracious and, and patient. Um, when you, um, if you want to exercise, if you had more rest, it's easier to exercise. Um, and so all those habits actually flow out of this idea of resting well. If you want to be at church on time on a Sunday, if you want to be at church and actually be fully aware of what's going on and fully engaged, rest becomes important. And so it actually influences a lot of other things that we do. Again, um, again, if you feel rushed every day, if you don't have time for God in the morning, if you, then you get up early enough so you do have time for God. And again, one of the things that, um, as I was reading a lot of stuff this past few weeks about this, this is that sometimes when you want to make, make good habits easier and make bad habits harder, and so if you've got a habit of pushing snooze on your alarm, anyone do that here at all? Some of you got to the point going, I'm not going to press snooze, but it's not going to turn it on. Like, um, it's not going to happen. But they sort of said, what you do to actually develop a habit of getting up when your alarm goes off is that you don't put your alarm near your bed. Mick's shaking his head. So, um, so what you do, for, if you want to help Mick with his habit, ring him up at 5 o'clock in the morning when you, everyone else is up in the morning, I'm sure. But no, the thing is, you put it on the other side of the room, so you have to get out of bed and do it. Like, and, but, so if you have a habit, that you want to develop a habit of getting up early to read your Bible, this is how you can do that to actually help develop this idea of, of taking these small steps. Set your alarm on the other side of the room. Get out of bed when it goes off. But do you know what? The night before, you've actually got your Bible out, put it on the kitchen table and got it ready for yourself so you're ready to go first thing in the morning. You've actually got your journal out, you've got your pen out, you are ready to go. And so when you wake up, you can still go press snooze and get back into bed, but you're making it a lot harder for yourself to do that and you're making it easier for yourself to, to succeed. And so you can build on these keystone habits of, of resting well, waking up early. Um, you, can, you might have habits of, of, of doing things like being at church. I'm going to be at church as often as I can to actually to grow together. And for some of you... It has actually got to such a point that if you, sometimes you go, why do I go to church? You may not have a quick answer to that, but you know, okay, well, that's where I'm meant to be. And, and so sometimes you've got to sit back and think about, why do I go to church? I encourage you to do that. But for some of us, we kind of, maybe we wake up on a Sunday and going, will I go to church or not? It's a choice that we haven't actually made yet. Exercise becomes a keystone habit that releases you from other things. I, I know on the days that I sit in my office chair all day, I feel tighter than the days that I'm actually moving about and, and getting, doing stuff with my kids. And like all of a sudden I go to bed and go, what have I done today? Not much, but I feel, more, I feel lousy today than I do if I sort of get out and exercise. And also we talked about that idea of of, I suppose, reclaiming the identity God wants to give us. And a few weeks ago, I gave you a whole lot of phrases that are, are really based in the Bible for us to identify clearly who we are and so we can be, um, have a healthy identity. And so our, we need to understand that we get back to this point of that our, to take small steps, we do need a solid foundation and a good foundation to build on. But 
one thing we need to realise in taking small steps is that results are the end goal, the steps are the pathway. Now, what I mean by this is that sometimes the end goal is a long way away. It is sometimes we can barely see it. We, and so the realisation of it is something that going, you know what, I don't know how I'm going to get there. And so we need to actually come back and say, I know, and this, you probably need to do this at a time when you're, you're really at a place where you're on my head's in a good place, God's really encouraged me to do this. I know if I take these steps, I'll eventually end up getting there. And so what you need to focus on then is not the end goal, but the steps that you need to take. Habits aren't grand destinations you arrive at in one day. They are tiny steps that you take every day. And I thought about this, and I thought about this with the whole message. Like, how could I encourage you to get to a point to, to see this truth of this through the Bible? And, and I was thinking about it. I wanted to ask you this question. Do you ever feel like the characters of the Bible are unreachable in your own life? Now, I'm not talking about the ones that are terrible, because some of you don't, don't try not to relate to them. But have you ever looked at those ones who've got this really great character and go, that's never going to be me? Anyone ever done that? Okay, no, just your pastor. Okay, like all of you guys are of high, high character and perseverance and you can face giants in your life. That's good to see. But, okay, well, I know going back from experience and I've had this conversation with other people saying, do you know what, at times I wish I could relate more or the people in the Bible were more reachable. And first of all, I want to go back to this point that we need to have a healthy identity. The people in the Bible are the way they are because they trusted God and walked with him, which God wants for us as well. That's point one. But secondly, those characters that we admire and aspire to didn't get there straight away either. Do you realise that? The characters in the Bible that show this great character, it wasn't they woke up one day after being born and going, they were a great man of God. It didn't happen that way. They grew in that. They developed habits. And so today... I want to look at one person in particular who actually, by the end of his life, you actually see he has embedded into his life habits that shaped him, and not only shaped him, but the future of Israel. I want to talk about Daniel today. And so I just want to look at verse, um, chapter 6, verse 3. Um, Daniel soon proved himself to be more capable than all the other administrators and high officers because of Daniel's great ability, the king made plans to place him over the entire empire. Straight away you go, Daniel's out of my reach. I can't manage my home. I can't manage to get my car in for a service. I can't manage my workplace. I can't manage um, getting the shopping done on time. can't manage my bank balance. Here is Daniel. He's going to be put over the entire empire. Yeah, let's just rule me out. The thing is, Daniel didn't start there. This is towards the end of his life and actually right before a significant um, time in his life. But what we need to realise is that small steps begin with small choices. And so we go all the way back to the start of the book of Daniel in verse, chapter 1, verse 8. And, but Daniel was determined not to defile himself by eating the food and wine given to them by the king. Now, before we focus too closely on this, what I'm not saying in this chapter is all that you need to go out and be vegetarians, okay? If you do, that's great. I'll pray for you. But if you don't, that's okay too. But the, the, the bit we need to focus on here is that Daniel was determined not to defile himself. 
Now, the reason that he didn't want to eat the meat that the, the um, uh, Babylonians were offering is because it had all been offered to idols. And so he didn't want to involve himself in any practice that worshipped a foreign god. He didn't want to do that. He wanted to worship the one true God. And so he made a choice that I want to do whatever I can to main, remain pure. And so in doing that, he, he's made a choice that is going to impact the way he acts with his um, habits and, and all the things he does from that point on. See, what we need to realise is that successful people do consistently what, um, what other people do occasionally. You hear that? Successful people, people that have embedded habits in their life of achieving what they want to achieve, have done consistently what other people do occasionally. Now that means I'm not saying you don't read your Bible. But someone who is successful in, in really dwelling in the presence of God is someone that spends their time in the Bible consistently. Someone who wants to become a great prayer is someone who prays consistently and not, oh God, please stop the police coming after me, I did the wrong thing. Like, that's, that's an occasional prayer that God may or may not answer. God may actually answer it in the wrong way and say, well, I'm going to let you catch you so you, maybe you don't do this again. But these people actually do consistently what other people do occasionally. So here is Daniel saying, you know what, at the start of my life as a young man where I am not under the authority of any parents, Daniel was actually out on his own. He was actually a slave being taken away. He had the opportunity to become like anyone else. I suppose this is a challenge for our young people as well. He had the choice here to become like anyone else and fit in. He was probably smart enough to sort of pick up everything else and he could have, he could have kept what he wanted to believe just personal and private. But he said, no, I am determined not to defile God. And that choice that impacted every action he took from that point in time. Which leads us to this idea, habit requires action. Okay, and we've talked about this, but I'm just going to bring it up again. If we want to be taking small steps, it does require action. It can't be best intentions. I remember really clearly when I was growing up uh, and, and some of the youth and young adult stuff that I was involved in as a youth and young adult, that at times we would have the best intentions talking about the things that God could do through us, that we could learn about, that we could grow in, the opportunities we could have talking with our friends. But most of the time it stayed there as in a good intention. Now, if you want to be someone who knows your Bible really well, if you want to be someone who knows how to pray, if you want to be someone that leads someone to Christ and you want to get to the point, I'm regularly leading someone to Christ or at least sharing my faith with someone about Christ, it's got to become more than an intention. It's got to become an action in our life. And again, looking at the life of Daniel, like, and again, going back to that choice he's made to not defile himself, to honour God in all that he does, in chapter 2, we actually see the story working out a little bit because what happens is that Daniel is at the place where he's basically been threatened to death because all the wise men, which Daniel is now one of, have basically been said, because you can't sort of um, answer the dream of the king, um, you're all going to die. And so Daniel, once he finds out that story, he goes back to his friends and he doesn't plan to go, oh, guys, we've got to get on the run, we've got to get out of here, this is not going to be good. How does he honour God? He says, okay guys, one thing we can do right now is ask God for help. 
If he was going to honour God and be seeking God, he was going to go, well, I'm going to ask God for help. And so in, in verse um, 18 of chapter 2, he says, He urged them to ask God of heaven to show them his mercy by telling them the secret so they would not be executed along with the other wise men of Babylon. They didn't pray for the king to change his mind. He didn't, they didn't pray for themselves to be hidden. Again, they knew where their source of power was and they went, we're going we're gonna to actually start this habit of prayer, which becomes really influential later in Daniel's life. So right away, there is action. I'm going to pray when times are tough. When I need help, God is going to be the one I go to. It's going to be the first port of call. Daniel doesn't do anything else. He doesn't try and manipulate the guards or, or do anything else to try and solve the problem. He goes to God first. And so his habit of praying that we see later in his life starts with action right here. But when we're developing that action, what we need to realise is that small steps become small wins. Now, don't underestimate the value of small steps here. Because again, you know how I talked about the goal is way up there and the pathway is here? If we can focus on the path and the steps that we need to be taking, all of a sudden we can go, I've taken step, 10 steps. I've had a step backwards. I've taken another 10 steps. And all of a sudden we can celebrate those steps that we have done. And what we need to realise at times is the things that no one else will see that will bring results that everyone wants. And even in Daniel chapter 1, we see this happening. At the end of the 10 days, so Daniel basically said to the guards, I don't want to eat your food. Can we have another process? And at the end of the 10 days, Daniel and his three friends looked healthier and better nourished and the young men, than the young men who had been eating the food assigned by the king. That was a small win. It was a small step that they'd taken to not defile themselves. It was a small step. It hadn't put them into any sort of positional power yet, but it was a small step a small victory that they'd had. Zechariah 4.10 actually says, Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. Now, again, you might be at that place where you are trying to instill something in your life or that covers an area of, of your life that you want to see changed. And again, we talked about in that week where we were being kind to ourselves, that idea that when we feel like failing, when we feel like we've messed up and we give up, God rejoices with you in small beginnings. He loved to see things begin and, and start in your life. So don't, don't despise those. Celebrate them. In this, um, one of the things that came up is that goals don't determine success. Because who here has goals they've never met before? Anyone, anyone got a real crazy goal that they're happy to share? Like, um, like anyone had a goal of running a marathon? No, no, no. Um, like, anyone have a goal of walking 100 metres? Like, um, we'll keep it small. But, well, no, but what I'm saying is that some people have a goal of running a marathon, and they do. Other people have a goal of running a marathon, and they don't. So it's not the goal that actually impacts them on reaching that goal. It's the systems that they have placed in their life, which is your habits. Um, see, we can undervalue the significance of a good small step and underestimate the impact of a bad small habit in our life. First of all, we don't see the win uh, of our goals. Um, so maybe, so sometimes we underestimate when we're actually making those steps because we don't see the outcome. So you might go to the gym three times this week and you weigh yourself at the end of the week and go, I put on 500 grams. 
No, I put on 1.5 grams. I can't actually count. And you could sit back and go, well, was that worth it? Was all that effort worth it? Maybe you read the Bible all week and you're sort of trying, maybe you're doing a devotion on how to be a better parent and then you come to church and you're yelling at your kids the whole way going, was that worth it? Did I grow in that at all? Maybe you're working hard to change patterns at work but you are still frustrated and behind and stressed and you're going, is this worth it if it's not going to change? And so we wrongly conclude that small good decisions don't matter that much. On the flip side, we don't see the loss to it. We don't see the loss of, 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 of bad habits. Maybe we play a video game for three hours and our wife doesn't leave us. Maybe we skip church one weekend and didn't seem to matter that much. Or half a box of chocolates later, can you really tell the impact of that? And the thing is, in reality, we don't want to leave the half box in the fridge. We just finish it off, don't we? Like, um, so it's a full box of chocolates going to go, oh, I really can't tell the difference of that. Hands still fit. Like, it's all good. And we wrongly conclude that small bad decisions don't matter that much. You see how the assumption here is it can get us into trouble. But the thing is we need to realise is our life is the sum total of all the small decisions we make and the small actions we take. And so if you want to consistently go to the gym three times a week, I trust it will benefit you. If you consistently eat a half box or a full box of chocolates, it will be to your detriment. It will happen that way. See, small decisions, small bad decisions rarely wreck your life at once, but over time they will add up. But your hard work and disciplines and sacrifices and faithfulness is not being wasted. It will be stored up in your life. See, change isn't easy, but it isn't impossible either. And your future self is a result of the decisions you make each day. You realise that? Your future self is a result of the decisions you make each day. Starting a few small habits can change how you see yourself today and transform you into the person you want to be tomorrow. And so we need to realise that small steps will see small wins in our lives. Now, this next point becomes important because sometimes, because we're pursuing the goal and the goal's not happening, we lose motivation. And motivation does become a key thing when we're trying to sort of see things established in our life. So we need to follow our success or follow your success. So we need to make good habits, we need to make them obvious, and we need to celebrate them. What I mean by that, make it really clear to yourself that you're trying to do this. Now, again, we've talked through this um, past six weeks, asking for help. That might be asking someone that, and making it real clearly, hey, I'm wanting to read my Bible 10 minutes a day and develop that into my life. Find someone who, who cares for you, you know they care for you, and say, I want you to keep me accountable with this. And so they'll ring you up day one or text you, say, have you read your Bible for 10 minutes a day? No, I haven't, and I'll do it now. But what happens after a while, and, and this is where you've got to make it clear to yourself, put a big poster up in, in your bedroom or in the back of your toilet door or somewhere where you're going to see it and go, tick, yesterday I've done that habit. I've prayed, I've read my Bible, I've actually, this week I've taken time to, to start a, a spiritual conversation with someone. Tick. And all of a sudden this is what happens. Tick, tick. Tick. And you may not have actually led someone to Christ, 
But all of a sudden, you know what? I've actually shared my faith five times this week. And what does it do? Build a habit into your life where... And so you can celebrate that victory. I've been to the gym. Tick, tick, tick. I've been to the gym four times this week. And I've missed it once. So all of a sudden, our successes actually overshadow our failures. And we can actually celebrate those achievements in our life and actually all the time, and they become more and more, it moves us towards the goal that God wants for us. Um, we actually see this in Daniel 6.4. So Daniel 6.3, I read earlier how it was, it was really um, sort of recognised across the land. 6.4 it's almost a flip side of that from other people's perspective. It says, Then the other administrators and the high officers began searching for some fault in the way Daniel was handling government affairs, but they couldn't find anything to criticise or condemn. He was faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy. This is the end result of Daniel being faithful to the things that God had been giving him. He was actually consistent all the way through. In fact, people actually investigated him and actually couldn't find any fault with him. They couldn't find anything wrong. Now, again, our politicians can't do that. Like, Daniel was a public figure here, and they basically did like a media scare campaign, and they couldn't find anything. The problem was, he was faithful, responsible, and completely trustworthy. Terrible person. It was just, like, his, his opposition, they were going, well, how do we get recognition in our... In our um, in our world. And so we need to celebrate those successes along the way. And when we see God doing something in our life and we go, oh yeah, look at what God has done in my life now. And again, if it's attitude you're working on, you know what? I want to be more patient. I only yelled at my kids twice today. Drive through Lakes Creek. Okay, drive after, after school, after church today, go through it. Even if you want to drive through on the way home, like um, build up patience. But you might go, okay, I've only done this once today or I haven't yelled at my kids today or I've actually, you know what? I've taken time to listen to my kids better today. All of a sudden you actually see those small victories happening in your life. And it doesn't mean that you are there yet but you are on your way. Now, the big thing on this though is that the victory in the small steps leads to victory overall. Now, I want to read um, Daniel 6.10. Because this is where, looking at this in his life, and we look back at it, we actually realise the process that Daniel went through. But Daniel 6.10, but when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, so basically the officials went, you know what? The only way we can catch this Daniel out is some way through his religion. And so we know he prays consistently, so we'll actually make it illegal to pray. Now, interesting thing. If it was illegal to live out an aspect of your Christian life, would you be caught doing it? Some of us would be. Some of us are like, oh, no, it's not going to happen. But they knew Daniel. They knew that he was going to basically sign his own death um, sentence. But, so Daniel, so even, even when the, the Lord, Lord learned that the Lord had been signed, he went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with his windows open towards Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day just as he had always done, giving thanks to his God. That is a habit that actually defined Daniel. Now, where did that habit start? What was that? One step. 
It started all the way back in Daniel um, 1.8 where he said, I have decided that I will not defile myself. I want to honour God. We actually see the second step of that. When, when problems came, what did he do? He actually went and prayed with his friends. So all of a sudden, he asked others for help. Let's stay together and let's pray to our God. And so over a lifetime, it got to the point that this was a normal process for Daniel. And no matter if there was a law against it, there was nothing going to stop him from praying to God. Daniel's habit was so ingrained that there wasn't even a thought process for him, should I do this today? Should I shut the window? Maybe I'll pray, maybe I'll just change the time I pray so they don't see me. Now again, I would have probably considered some of those options. But Daniel said, no, these are the times I pray. These are the times that I honour my God who has been with me all of my life. This is the habit that has formed. I'm not even going to think about this. He just went and did it. Now, this is the thing. Talking, going back to that idea of keystone habits, all the advisors were so sure that Daniel was going to pray, so sure of this habit but of his, in his life, but they failed to see that this habit was likely a reason for his success. You see that? One of the reasons that Daniel was so successful was that because he put God first in his life and that was shaped through his prayer time. And all of a sudden, God empowered him at times to give sort of wisdom beyond himself, to lead a, a, a country first in Babylon and now in Persia. Here is a Jewish man who is basically elevated above all the other locals. Why? Because he keeps God number one in his life. Now, those around him basically went, we're going to use it to hang you, but they failed to see the reason that you are here is because God has blessed you. Now, if they'd got that, sometimes we actually can look around people in our lives and go, you know what, they're succeeding, but like, I wish it's only because of this. And sometimes they're doing something that we're not doing. And we've got to sort of take that on board. Now, the victory overall is important. There's no d denying in myself that I want to see some things in my life achieved. I want to see some things. I've, God has done this and God has brought me through this and I've been able to do this and, and honour God with it. I want to see the church get to that place where you feel that there is that next layer of success. So that victory overall is important. But don't lose sight of what we have been talking about today. Look at the victory today. What small steps can I win in today? See, you're not successful when you hit your goal sometime in the future. You are successful when you have honoured God today in, in getting it right. Again, just want to read that verse from um, chapter 1, verse 8, which started this process for Daniel. But Daniel was determined not to defile himself by eating the food and wine given to them by the king. Daniel was determined. He actually made small steps, made more small choices, had small victories, and it got to a point that he was sent to a lion's den because they knew that he would not fail to pray. Are we living a life in such a way where we will let the small victories, the small steps in our life, shape our long-term habits that will shape us to be more like Jesus Christ.
I pray that you'll be involved in this process. And if people are wanting to do more practical and stuff on this, um, as I've been researching and doing, I've come across a number of worksheets that may be beneficial for you to, to be more engaged in this process. And so don't just leave it as a good idea in your head. Get involved in, in, in what God is wanting to change in you. Because remember, God is wanting the best for you even when we are settling for something less. Let's just pray to close. Lord, we thank you that um, you allow us to be uh, take the small steps. You're not expecting us to arrive at the end uh, in the next minute. You're getting us to the point where we, um, we can sort of take the next step with you and you are patient with us and you let us take the next step following that and the next step after that. But Lord, I do pray that we are intentional in, in moving with you to, to being clear about where you are wanting to guide us and wanting to grow us. And I pray that we will see small victories become bigger victories and that the number will increase and that all of a sudden we will see the changes that come with the choices that we have made happening in our life where we see the impact of your spirit flowing through us and we see fruit of the spirit coming alive in us, where we see our attitudes being transformed by the mind of Christ, where we see our church being changed, where we are, we are seeing people come to know Jesus Christ, we are seeing people sort of rescued from bondage, we are seeing people mature in their faith. Lord, I just pray that as a church we are taking the necessary steps, the small steps to move towards where you're wanting us to be. Help us to be obedient in this, Lord. Help us to say yes to you as you call us. And help us to see your victory daily in our life as we walk with you. We pray this in your name. Amen.